This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hello, everybody. We are live. Welcome to the Evangelical Dark Web. Tonight, we're going to be discussing the medieval playa haters. Now, if you're super cultured, you might get that the uh, playa haters is sort of a reference to a, the Dave Chappelle show way back when. Uh, and there, it was a sketch that they did where they had the playa haters award show and stuff like that. So it's kind of what we're playing off of tonight. Uh, it is an annual award that we give during the annual Evo Awards. We have the Player Hater Award, uh, which generally goes to someone you know who claims to be a Christian, but just word is for. Uh, so we're going to talk about some player haters tonight. Uh, is kind of the goal and the beef between G3 Ministries and Right Response Ministries. What is it really about? Because uh, I, I I have a theory on what it's really about. It's not the most popular. Uh, it's, it, not a lot of people are really getting to the root of what really is going on. I think it's a lot more uh sinister or carnal dressed up theology when it's really not about theology in my opinion it's about something much baser not based but baser the based <laughs> well i mean i mean that in the sense of like you know more so ego driven and stuff like that we're gonna dive into that anthony is here to join us he has read up on some of the material uh that i haven't even read for this discussion so it'll be interesting to kind of see uh how uh but if you are in the chat uh welcome and we'll be interacting with chat we are live on uh youtube twitch rumble and twitter but you can't interact on twitter i'm just being real uh so that being said uh how are you doing tonight all is well another late night live stream i guess long day All right, you, you got some background noise. So with that said, we're going to dive into the topic. We got a lot of tweets that we can look over tonight. But one of the I, I think I first want to start out with a Tom Buck tweet. Not that we're, Tom Buck isn't one of the player haters that we're going to be talking about. But it is important to note that Tom Buck uh, is part of G3 Ministries. And it's important to note that he is on their board. So... G3 Ministries, we've talked about a lot this year because, uh, quite frankly, they're what we've, if you look at their website traffic, uh, G3 Ministries is big Eva. If, if you want to, if, you know, if we're looking at objective metrics, like website traffic, they're big Eva. If we're just talking about, you know, uh, social media presence or YouTube, then they're mid Eva. But if we're talking about website, 
by traffic, which is one of the most important metrics. They are indeed uh, big Eva. And that is uh, because they're not the gospel coalition. They're not as big as the gospel coalition. So they get called mid Eva. But uh, this is where we're going to start out is with the Tom Buck uh, tweet. And it kind of sets the stage for what many people feel like was a deception. So Nathaniel Jolly asked that I post this for him. Please pray for our brother. And this is a, I guess, a direct Nathaniel Jolly deleted his Twitter account, which is the uh, context for this. He said, I deleted my post because Tom was correct. It was too sweeping of a comment to be made publicly. This is the only reason it was deleted, not because J-Mac or anyone else held the view, but because it was inappropriate to draw such hard lines in the issue. I deleted my account temporarily as I've been considering it for some time to focus on other things for, for a season. I may be back sooner or later, but for now, yes. So that is, uh, we're going to start out. And that was an announcement that uh, Nathaniel Jolly made that he is deleting his Twitter now, account, which, which was kind of already known that he deleted it, but then he had Tom Buck give the explainer. Now, which uh, tweet or activity preceded this immediately? I actually don't know because this is a question of which one. Because I know... So Nathaniel Jolly has had to make multiple public retractions. Let's just be real. Uh, and I don't know which one that's referring to, but it apparently it got, you know, Tom Buck involved. I don't know where Tom Buck is on this, on the, uh, you know, they want to say that it's Christian nationalism. That's the driving issue, uh, dividing, you know, medieval and people like right response, but I don't really think it's that, uh, but I don't know where Tom Buck is on the Christian nationalism issue i i assume he's opposed to it because he's kind of more or less letting them make the arguments for him as far as i can observe but nathaniel jolly let's go back let's wind the clock back to i believe april let me uh check on the article that i wrote uh let's rewind the clock back to may so remember the uh talk about loser theology and john MacArthur. So if we want to, you know, wind back the clock theology, Nathaniel Jolly was the person who set that entire debate off. He's the one that set that entire debate off. And why did he do it? Or how did he do it? How did he set that entire debate off? He set the entire debate off by... Then he tweet the video out of... He tweeted a video of John with partial context. I would say no context, devoid of context. To make it seem like, you know, the whole we don't win down here, very uh, out of context clip. If you play the entirety of the clip, and we did this video already on Evangelical Dark Web uh, titled Does John MacArthur and Loser Theology. It was a little provocatively named, but to make the point that he doesn't actually believe in loser theology. Well, nor does he believe in religious freedom, which and which is in the that's... same sermon. It's in the same same clip. If you expanded the clip 
you know, John MacArthur saying that religious freedom isn't something that Christians should be fighting for, that Christians should not be fighting for uh, pagans to be able to worship idolatry. Like John MacArthur makes that comment in the same sermon. And that is something, you know, a Christian nationalist could get behind. So is John MacArthur a Christian nationalist? Well, John MacArthur hasn't really weighed in on the issue. Not, you know, necessarily like uh, his right-hand man is opposed. But I also am, you know, as a Christian nationalist, I really don't just be blunt. I don't really care what John MacArthur thinks on this issue. Uh, John MacArthur does not have a good track record when it comes to uh, civil government interposition and the doctrine of lesser magistrates. He has since 2020 changed his position. And now they have a movie coming out about that. Uh, which I've yet to see. roll back the clock to like 1989, where he's giving... Uh, the police officers uh, uh, theological street cred, so to speak, to arrest pro-life activists. So, you know, we talked about that with Sam Jones when he came on the channel. So those are just some things that are on the record. And John MacArthur has changed his views, and that's good. He's saying the movie was great. I saw it in theater over the weekend. Uh, some people I know have been raving about it. I just haven't seen it. It's not like it's in theaters all around me. So I'm not entirely sure where to go. I'll also be interacting with chat on the Rumble sphere. So if you're on Rumble, don't be afraid to uh, send chat. So just letting you know, we will be interacting with chat all all night um so the essential church handling the covid situation and again john MacArthur came out victorious in that he is not a loser by any stretch of the imagination and it showed in covid situation and not every church won so he won he got lucky and won but not every church did yeah i mean nor did small businesses i mean attilas's gym he didn't win and I'm pretty sure he didn't win in multiple ways. John MacArthur was very fortunate. Uh, he had some, I don't want to say he had the best legal counsel. Like John MacArthur had it at the right time because the Supreme Court ruled in John MacArthur's favor before, not on John MacArthur's case, but on the same issue. The Supreme Court had already, you know, ruled on the matter. So California knew that they were screwed. They, they were legally screwed at that escalated to the Supreme Court. And they had the, I don't know how good of an, a lawyer Jenna Ellis is. Like if you were on Trump's election team, election legal team, I don't really respect you as a legal, uh, as a lawyer. Uh, Rudy Giuliani, reference to him at the moment. So uh, that's who... So Nathaniel Jolly has had a major impact on the evangelical debate in 2023. He's the one who set off this debate on John MacArthur in context. In or, and then, you know, when people 
labeled John MacArthur as believing loser theology, you know, that's technically Nathaniel Jolly's fault because he posted that video out of context. And then people argued correctly that if that's the, you know, that Nathaniel Jolly's offering loser theology, like he's trying to advance loser theology. Does John MacArthur believe in that? No. Yeah, I mean, I think he's just believes but his... Nathaniel Jolly, by taking that out of context, was it? Uh, what were you saying, Anthony? Uh, I mean, I mean, MacArthur, I think, I mean, obviously he's pre-mill. And again, part of what's the problem is maybe the post-mills are very overzealous in their eschatology. And again, that's a legitimate complaint for those that might be detractors of Christian nationalism is that it's too branded with post-millennial theology. And I think that is a hindrance from a sales standpoint. Like if you're trying. Now, I want to. Here's the thing. I saw a post the other day that was about how post-millennial are trying to, you know, banish anyone who's not a post-millennialist as not a Christian. And it's like, what universe are you living in? So let, let's just do a quick fact check. Of all the of all the theologies out there on end times. Which one have you ever seen in a church faith statement? I mean, I have seen pre-mill Disby, pre-trib rapture too. What? Dispensational millennial, uh, pre-millennialism. That is the only eschatology that I have ever seen in a faith statement. So who actually believes that the, uh, eschatology is an issue worth dividing over. I can point to multiple churches around where I live that have dispensational premillennialism in their statement of belief. I have never seen a church have Amil or Hismil in their statement of beliefs. And maybe Doug Wilson's church is an exception. I don't know. I, I imagine Joe Webbins' church might be an exception, but I don't think he would. No, well, he's 1689. He's they 1689, but. They that, don't have a eschatology yeah. in that. So, you know, who, which eschatological camp actually believes in dividing over this issue? Because t uh, that kind of deters, you know, if you. If a church has pre-mill dispy in a faith statement, doesn't that deter people who are, say, ah, mill from joining that church? Uh, I mean, theoretically. Yes that, and no. I, I mean, again, because I know, obviously, you're talking about Maryland context, where Maryland, you're going to have a lot more disaffected Methodist, people that grew up disaffected Methodist. Maybe they grew up Catholic, so, but they fell away and are rejoining the church. So that's if that's your audience, it probably doesn't make an impact at all. I mean, they might right. think it's weird if the church. Right, but I'm female Dispy in their uh, faith statements. Not all of them do, but enough of the ones that, you know, don't otherwise fail a website check would have that in their faith statement. It's just one of those things. Uh, KL uh, says and just gives a fact check on it and, you know, confirms what I was saying before. MacArthur did back the cops going against pro-life protesters. It was horrific. A pregnant mom lost her baby. baby from police violence and the cops snapped a, a brother's arm. I mean, that's like the, that's like the anti-Bible position too. Like, cause again, under, I would argue under scripture that your property rights, 
property rights don't protect abortion facilities. But, yeah, I would agree with that. And, but <laughs> let's just not, remember, uh, the I don't want a Fed post on uh, YouTube or anything. Just remember, the Republicans but, passed the FACE Act in Congress. In yeah, the, I mean, the, the FACE 90s. Act is blatantly unconstitutional and blatantly unbiblical. I don't want to get into Fed posting here because that, that might be an article worth writing, though, is, uh, you know, and we get into the topic of vigilantism and, and stuff like that. So on the issue of life and protecting life. So uh, moving on and just kind of getting back to the topic, because, again, that's where John MacArthur was. And that's why a lot of, you know, politically minded or politically involved might be. a more neutral way to put it uh even or exception to macarthur's positions on these issues and the issues would be anything to do with the government because he was very and you know a lot of people in macarthur's camp uh todd Friel would also be in macarthur's camp i would imagine and todd Friel was arguing if the government wanted you to wear pinwheels on your ears or something like that it wasn't a sin in and of itself so therefore you had to do it yeah, I mean, I think Todd Friel also are. I think he also. Whereas I think a more biblical position would be if the government, you are entirely obligated to defy that. So oh, uh, they're yeah, assuming a all... power they don't have and they're usurping God in doing so. So I would say that, yeah. He also it... said that Kim Davis had to sign the gay marriage certificates. I think he also. MacArthur or Todd Friel? Friel. So I think he did that. A lot of people in this camp aren't good at navigating politics. Now, John MacArthur's gotten good, I would say. Uh, some of these people in G3, I think it was G3 that cited John Piper as a, a positive example of engaging politics. And it's like, he's horrible. Like, John Piper's always been bad. He was advocating gun control and... Uh, uh, pacifism and stuff like that but even move forward he basically gave credence to christians to vote for joe biden in 2020 in an article so bad that even wayne grudem came out and said that he was terrible for that you know that that's just the history of that so nathaniel jolly uh deletes twitter but he's been very influential in the christian conversation uh in, in evangelicalism and but he deletes Twitter, but then he posts this. And I don't know if you have the uh, Facebook page uh, open, but I guess I, I, I have it locked and loaded. It's just I don't have a Facebook account, so it looks ugly uh, for me to pull it up. So, so seven doctrines ruling the world. Daniel Jolly tw uh, posts this on Facebook. So he quits Twitter. There's an implication that he's repenting and... A lot of Christian, a lot of the Christian nationalists are like, okay, do we celebrate him leaving or do we uh, say, hey, this is a positive development or we should dunk on him? And there's kind of that discussion. I kind of stayed out of it. And then this happened uh, a couple days ago where he, he goes hard in the direction of a conference that they're putting on. It's all about the conferences. So he posts seven doctrines for ruling the world. And that's in quotes, because I guess it's a reference for a reference to the seven mountains thing. 
which we'll get into a second into a second. Folks, regardless of what you think of the individual men in this conference, you need to understand that this type of mentality is a worldly one. And therefore, detrimental to your spirituality. So let me actually blueprints for Christian for Christendom 2.0, seven doctrines for ruling the world. It is the right response ministries conference. It is Doug Wilson, Brian Save, right? Uh, Joe boot, Joel Webin, Michael Foster and Dale Partridge, who's actually, and it's like, they're trying to make that this conference seem a lot more controversial than it actually is. But to be honest, the only, controversial name on this on the list of guests not for anything related to christian nationalism it's because uh his whole seminary ordeal where he wanted to i think he's claiming to be a founder of a seminary but doesn't even have a bachelor's degree or something like that so it's like academic suicide uh stuff stuff like that so that's why the, that would that guess would be controversial and not more controversial than say Doug Wilson. So let's zoom in. We know the liberal drift desires to rule the world, but is this the view Christians should have? Is it our job to scheme, twist, and garner political activist type support in order to fashion the world in our image? Did Jesus take over Rome? He certainly could have. Did Paul act advocate for political activism or rising up against Rome? No, but he could have. Did a single apostle focus on? No, they focused on the gospel. I'm not saying we weren't, we aren't involved in all areas of life. Don't hear what I'm not saying. So I actually want to pause right there. Uh, well, can we just point out the fact that, you know, a lot of historians will even say that Christians took over Rome. So it didn't happen in Jesus's generation, but it happened like, you know, hundreds of years later through exponential uh, we'll, growth. Uh, we'll get to Rome in a minute or in a, in a moment. We'll get to Rome later, who definitely hates my guts. <laughs> Uh, that we'll get into. So we'll, we'll put a pin in the Rome conversation. But as far as po political activism and stuff like that, like we don't have a full exhaustive detail of what the apostles did. And it's also worth noting that, yes, r the Roman government was an overlord, but you considerably do now. We have larger governments. We pay more taxes than they did in Roman times. So we are in a different age. Like you maybe paid 3% income tax in Rome. Now, you might not have had disposable income. But you might have paid 3% income tax. We pay north of here in the united states so that you know, different ball game different areas of government there's a reason why you know a christian might not be involved in politics in ancient rome because first of all it's not a representative system or at least it, it barely was if 
you know, depending on whether Rome still had a Senate or not. No, I mean, still would have been more patronage and style where you have to have a wealthy patron that would then sponsor the clients. Right. So, right. So you would have had the Roman patronage system. You wouldn't have needed to advocate national policy and there wasn't the medium to do so. So it's kind of a nonsensical comparison to have insisted that they would have had it. But if you're a Christian involved in civil government governance, what then do you do as a believer? And as you advocate for Christian policy. So uh, the 12th is this uh, apostle being uh, Matthias, Judas. So make no mistake, these men will use Christian language and scripture will be used, but even the devil used scripture to tempt Jesus. So don't be fooled by Christianese language. No, I'm not saying these men are the, are a devil, but I'm suggesting many of the many of their teachings are very worldly and not sound biblically. And again, I'd like an actual argument here. The yeah, whole I mean, thing yeah, about that's, did Paul also... advocate political activism? That's a truism. That's not an argument. I mean, it should be noted that that uh, he hasn't actually presented an argument and he's going solely based on the conference title or the yes. subtitle, not their And, and the people involved. Uh, I mean, Doug Wilson, very controversial <laughs> because, you know, is he reformed? Is he Calvinistic and all this other stuff? Get myself interested in it because it's just, you know, personality drama and I'm not really interested in that stuff. We are diving a little bit into personality drama today because this stuff does impact the evangelical conversation. And we're going to talk about what mocking is in a second and, you know, whether Joel Webin was mocking in his response and whether that would have even been wrong if he were. So we're going to talk about that. But the thing is that these on into sermons that people who have no idea what their pastor's talking about here and it has an impact so there's going to be a bunch of innocent laymen who are subjected to pastors ranting about their online frivolities and their twitter beefs in homer alaska of all places <laughs> yeah in homer alaska um and, and And you saw at the Southern Baptist Convention, Todd Unzucker's sermon fair, but his motivational speech at the Southern Baptist Convention was exactly that. It was, let me air out my t online Twitter beefs to a crowd, to a captive audience because they're my captive audience and I have an ego. That's basically what's going to happen. And I don't want, I don't think that's, I don't think it's becoming a pastor's. Um, you probably listened to more Joel Webin, sir. No, listen to any recently or probably, anything? Probably been a while, but I was listening to his response today. Do, does he do Twitter beefs in his sermons? Generally, no. It'll probably be uh, yeah. You know, I mean, I think he'll Pilgrim's teach. Progress or something a little bit more. I mean, you know who does go into their Twitter beefs in a sermon? Beth Moore.
So that's a good sign to say that's not you're not supposed to do that. So anyway, like button because that really helps with the live stream algorithms and subscribe if you're new. Uh, that really helps with the uh, algorithms as well. That's the best thing for algorithms on YouTube is to subscribe. Hands down. That's my observation. Um, so that's it. The simple truth is this. The Christian has has a task to do given by God and is not just to it is not to rule the world. It is to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus and Matthew of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, uh, Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to keep all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is the commandment from Jesus. So who will you listen to? A bunch of men or the Lord Jesus? Now, again, he's erroneously pitting the two against each other. Because, again, the great commission is not the only commandment that Jesus gives the disciples. Uh He's trying to pit Christian ethics against the uh, the Great Commission, and it's not a real argument. He does not say, go conquer the world, rule the world, or take over the world, become political activists. He says, go make disciples. Furthermore, a concerning idea, or concerning the idea of ruling this world in any form or fashion, the Apostle Paul G of this world. Second Corinthians four, uh, verse three and four. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing in whose case the God of this age has blinded the minds of the believing of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. So that's where we get the term, biblical term. Uh, you have anything to say about this section? I mean, it's the glorified Jesus juke. I mean, the idea of you're using Jesus to avoid their actual, you're kind of just invoking G- Jesus to avoid the actual argument. Yeah, he's not actually engaging their arguments. He's just engaging the title uh, ruling, you know, seven, was it? Seven doctrines for ruling the world. Actually, the doctrine. Now, is it provocative? 
it, and, and that's the subtitle. He's not actually engaging blueprints for Christendom 2.0. He's, he's engaging the subtitle. Not, a, not the actual uh, title itself. So, uh, Satan has been given limited authority in this world for a short season. We don't rule this world. Satan does. And beyond that, God is ultimately... Uh, the gave Satan some freedom, but he is nothing more than a dog on a chain, and God is still his master. God is in absolute control, which is why we can be at peace concerning the events of our day. We take courage because we don't have to figure out a way to rule the world. God already has it all figured out, and God is ultimately is the ultimate ruler. We merely want to be faithful. Don't be Become political activists, become gospel activists. I gotta say, like God's the only one who can change hearts. I mean, he's right in that. In his uh, I, I, theology, he's still a little off base in application because you're talking about being faithful, but you're not saying, again, you're not saying the political realm falls under being faithful. So he's still disconnecting political activism from being a faithful believer. As if you can't do both. Well, again, it's the mentality that is that if you're that's kind of the mentality I get out of this. Like I'm a pastor, therefore I'm doing my part. You're not a pastor, therefore you're not doing enough. That's that's the thing I, that I'm getting out of this. Yeah, I mean the like obviously this is the, a pervasive mentality in, in uh, evangelicalism. You'll hear Joe Webb and talk about why this is a wrong theology or mentality to have John Harris. This has also gone off on this being a bad several times uh, in their, in their videos. So that's the mentality that I get from that. And I I've heard that mentality, I believe also from Virgil Walker and it just kind of grades me the wrong way. Um, because the civil sphere does matter. And people who have authority in the uh, ecclesiastical sphere, and there's nothing wrong with having authority in the ecclesiastical, but they're treating sphere as the highest authority on earth, which possibly tr is true, maybe in a spiritual sense, but in a temporal sense, it's not. So the other spheres do matter, and they also matter for the spreading and the advancement of the gospel. So we'll get, in, again, we're going to talk Rome in a second, but uh, I have an elitist Nathaniel Jolly here. So if you want to become more worldly, uh, follow these, If but if you want to desire... But if you desire to stay fixed on the task set before us in Christ, namely the proclamation of the gospel of Christ as that which is above all most important, then stick to the Bible. I have no doubt that many will call me divisive or say that I'm attacking brothers. But that simply isn't the case. I just got to. Uh, yeah, he, he's lying here. He is definitely attacking. I'm trying to brothers. say I'm not doing it, but there's but 
but that simply is not isn't the case. We I mean, all have uh, he continues. We all have blind spots and weak areas of doctrine, and my aim is to address the faulty beliefs and not attack individuals. I pray that these men come to see the error in some of their thinking, but in the meantime, I advise anyone to simply not travel down the same road as these men in this area of the local church and trust in God and all his sovereignty to do as all that he pleases. That is enough for faithful Christians. Really? What about start a family? Raise a biblical family? He's only talking about the ecclesiastical sphere. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing if you're... All that was being, it was is doable in the ecclesiastical sphere. It's not doable in the family sphere because he didn't mention child rearing. It's not because he mentioned nothing about being a good citizen. Uh, so man, he doesn't even get into personal repentance, which is in the self sphere. Cause you know, self government governance is a thing. Self-control is a thing. And then he concludes, and this is where, you know, very shady. If you haven't read my G3 article that addresses some of this more specific, humbly commend it to you. Uh, and I think that his article makes the same thing. But then he goes on to advertise G3 Ministries. You know, so I, I kind of take issue with, uh, again, you're trying to dunk on brothers and it's all to advertise your own personal pet project, which is G3 Ministries. So elitist mentality that kind of gets me the most in that. I'm going to pull up uh, Joel Webin's response. Uh, but if you have anything to say about that. Oh, no. Go ahead with uh, the response. Because, I mean, so, again, it's a glor I mean, the article is pretty much the same. It's kind of a glorified gospel juke. I mean, he kind of invokes Paul in front of Agrippa in Acts 26, which is more Paul giving his testimony. So, yes, his testimony is multifaceted, but there does seem to be a perception that you can only do uh, like you can only have one motivation for anything you do. You can't have multiple motivations that are both good. Multiple goals in mind that are both good. Yes. Um, like Paul is Paul is before Agrippa to give an account of his life, but also to defend his his honor and his actions. He's he is basically contending before a judge, and then the judge, based on hearing his story, no, he doesn't believe in the gospel at all from the context of Acts. But he does basically uh, say that you know he hasn't committed a crime. So to add on to that, if you look at the letters that Paul writes, a lot of them defend Paul's own honor, and. That's not wrong. So it's interesting that, you know, Paul gets a little autobiographical, especially when he talks about all the, all the suffering that he's done for Christ. So he gets a little autobiographical, but it, you know, they, they, you know, people like this might argue that Paul's being self-serving if you want to apply this mindset, but it's not self-serving multiple Paul can do uh, give an account on his own life and still be 
advancing the mission field. So let's uh, pull up Joel Webin's response, which got a lot of people upset. A lot of people were upset by this. Special announcement in honor of our brother, Nathaniel Jolly, we're hosting a next 24 hours only. You can register for our conference at 20% off. Registration at, and he gives the website, just use Jolly for the promo code, be a Jolly Warrior. And he posts a screenshot of the Facebook post that he improperly, this is my biggest problem with the post actually. He improperly cropped that image and by do, and by not cropping it at all. So that, that's actually my biggest beef is he did not crop the image. I mean, to him for this, Owen Strand might be the biggest hypocrite in this because uh, I believe it was Canon Press last year did the same little gimmick that Joel Webin did with Amy Bird and the It's Good to Be a Man book. So they used Amy Bird as a promo code for the book after she came out and attacked it. So, so Joel Webin just did the same play. People are calling this unbecoming. Owen Strand specifically, but a lot of people in that camp have an issue with this tweet. I honestly can't see the issue with it because I don't even think this rises to the level of mocking. I mean, your last name's Jolly. Let's just put that on the table. Well, it's, it's a play on the joyful warrior. So I don't see the issue. I mean, Nathaniel Jolly came out and attacked your uh, ideas, attacked your uh, location to some degree. <laughs> I don't travel down there. Um, and you can't use his name as a promo code. I don't, you know, where, where in the text is that? I mean, it's, it is kind of, it, this is literally a turn the other cheek moment. If we're actually gonna. Yeah. I, I, I don't even see this as, I don't see this as mocking. He's just, he's taking the, the hit and stride promo code, even if it is a little bit backhanded. Uh, a little bit passive aggressive, which is what turning the cheek kind of is. It's kind of passive aggressive because you're basically saying that hit didn't hurt me. But, you know, in, in the cultural context, you're basically saying you hit like Will Smith. Uh, so that's the cultural context of turning the other cheek. And that's kind of what Joel Webin did. He basically said, hey, it didn't hurt at all. Uh, and to me, there's a larger point about this, and it's about turf. Like, I, I really don't think it's about anything bigger than that. It is about, uh, you know, right response ministries versus the MacArthur Bros, because the MacArthur Bros. And, and I think Joel Webin has said something along these lines, but I, I've been saying it independently. MacArthur's not going to be around forever. As far as I know, he's in good health. No reason to think that, uh, you know, we don't have like a, a stage four cancer diagnosis, which we had for Tim Keller. So you kind of knew that that was coming. You don't have that with uh, John MacArthur, as far as I know. 
Uh, he's had a couple health scares in the last few years, but other than that, everything about people posturing and jockeying uh, for position is all speculation because there's no reason to think that John MacArthur's uh, otherwise, other than age, going, going to pass away anytime soon. Uh, he seems to be in good health and still gives good media appearances and looks good doing it. So when someone else comes along and kind of upends and comes around the system, that's perceived as a threat in my view. Because he's re he's targeting the same audience. Like Joe Webb and his G3 Ministries, and that is Reformed Baptist. Right? Oh, yeah. So this brings me to a tweet by Fred Butler. So I, I tweeted out that I had I had my own tweet on this, and but we'll get to the Fred Butler thing. So let's get to the Fred Butler uh, tweet. So Actually, let's read the Rhett Koppel tweet first. So here's the thing. Right Response Ministries was intricate in the statement on Christian nationalism of, and one of the many names involved. He was one of the biggest, he, he's one of the biggest platforms on YouTube. That's a little bit of an exaggeration. Um, he's gotten huge though. When we, he came on this channel in the beginning of the year, he had like 24,000. On top of that, since G3CN controversy, Joel, platform has exploded is massively cynical about the whole affair is the reason for reasons given reason giving for not wanting to meet with the guys and hash out the differences was memes which themselves were responses to jokes and bad faith engagements now after being told they will be ignored these guys especially joel have been on the receiving end of endless accusations, he's calling Nathaniel Jolly the midi of a B team. Once Joel responded with a promo code named after the worst offender, Nathaniel Jolly, Joel was hit with an unbecoming accusation. You should be able to do the math here and make a plausible assumption about what's going on behind the scenes in private chats. We aren't being ignored while being told we are being ignored. smear tactics and political in the in the politics of guys that should be allies but absolutely don't have to be um joel has been far more patient and charitable than his accusers deserve um and joel responded to that with a thank you okay so i i honestly think and we'll get into the fred butler question that I honestly think it's effeminate to get offended by the Joel, not Joel, Joel Webin tweet. I think it's effeminate to get offended by that. I think it's unbecoming to a jest. Like there's mockery up here, but and jest down here. I don't even know if it comes up to a jest. And your name is Jolly. I mean, we just got to reiterate that. Like if he played football, he probably got, you know, dogged by the coach for having a last name Jolly. Like again, Sometimes you're you're stepping on a rake, and it's even funnier. 
I mean, a quality name just helps you out. But the other thing is, by it, and I would think that you're more in sin for your. Per- I think it's arguably more of a sin to performatively offended by Joe Webin's reaction with the promo code than it was for Joe Webin to do that. Well, I think the performative virtue signal is far more sinful, arguably, and I'm not even sure if that's a sin, but. I think it's far more. I think the argument is far more in favor of that being a sin than the promo code, because the Bible you signaling and vain, empty gestures of offense. So, uh, okay. So we're getting that the stream is cutting out. Is it just the? Uh, Every 20 seconds or so? Is YouTube uh, being mean to us? I don't know. I've been having issues all night. I, I know Anthony says that he's, he's kind of saying like every 20 seconds or so. Oh, maybe it's a restream having some issues. Uh, so let's read this uh, tweet by Fred Butler. Fred Butler is... A very faithful soldier to the MacArthur Bros. Uh, you might count him as a big Eva, a mid-Eva B team. I don't know. Uh, uh, let's step back for some perspective. The right response YouTube to this writing. That's a lot. That's a lot. Um, the medieval boomer cons at G3, G3 has 68,000 subs. I don't know when G3 started. I think G3 is a decade old. So I don't know when their channel started. I don't know when, uh, right. But their responses ministry started, but it's gotta be newer. It should also be noted that G3 also more long form, I think in content. So I don't, do they ha- they don't have apology up here, which is like half. Yeah, the uh, Alpha and Omega might. I don't know. So uh, he asks, "What's Mid Eva?" So there's Big Eva, Big Eva, like the biggest evangelical organizations, and then they say Mid Eva as a pejorative. Um, Mid Eva encompasses not being not only not as big as big popular slang for mediocre so it's actually a really good uh double entendre so g3 has 68,000 uh, subs g3 affiliated ministries affiliated meaning individuals speaking or who have long-term historic connections to the ministry which i think is a little bit broad i think that's a pretty broad brush he's trying to pay so he has okay in the text i believe is what that stands for Forty-three thousand subs justin peters two hundred and five thousand subs heart cry ministries two hundred and forty-eight thousand subs uh who's heart cry ministries is that also justin peters i don't know that one off the top of my head alpha and omega ministries 102,000 subs grace to you 753,000 subs. 
which is John MacArthur's six six hundred and sixty-two thousand subs. Though folks will quibble that AIG affiliated G three Ministry and Ham is speaking this year. I would um, I would quibble with that if you're including that because I mean that's apologetics content, so it's not even in the same ballpark or swim lane. Okay, but isn't there that what's that Christian conference that's being hosted at the Ark? Oh, that'd be cross politics. Okay. East, maybe. Okay, so yeah. heart cry is Paul Paul Washer. Thank you for the uh, uh, live fact check. Uh, that's what I thought it was. Um, so cross politic Christian nationalist camp is having their ministry at Ken Ham's uh, place, which is the the Ark. Pretty act pretty boss location to have a, a conference there like that. Why aren't more Christian conferences at the Ark? I, I actually wonder that. But anything, uh, with that said, though they don't have a YouTube channel, Daryl Harrelson and Virgil Walker do have 146,000 subs, uh, sorry, not subs, followers on Twitter combined with their Just Thinking podcast which has hit number one on apple podcast i mean what category that probably matters while large numbers are necessary are necessarily smoking gun proof of platform viability those numbers do show that people uh, i could look at video views but i don't have time to review they have proven the faithfulness of their platforms as of this writing, the statement on Christian nationalism still says it's in the draft stage. Okay. But the note affixed says that it will it was to be completed complete mid-July, which with a one-day conference to follow after. I take it that the statement is near completion. I don't know if that conference has actually happened. I haven't checked on that. As to the criticism of the Christian nationalists, like they're pointing out troubling aspects of one position like the concept of seven doctrines for ruling the world promoted by reconstructionist uh, post millers is virtually the same thing as seven mountains mandate of the Hogwarts school of prophecy NAR crowd but both are rather worldly why world worldly wise and man-made born out of one's favorite eschatology that's still not slander uh can we talk mandates so i mean yeah, i'd like to first okay i'd like to first let me know what the seven yeah. doctrines of ruling the world are before we start saying that that overlaps one to one with seven mountains okay so let's talk about seven mountains right so my understanding of this maybe it's not correct maybe my understanding isn't correct but let, let's talk about what the seven mountains are i believe it's family politics education entertainment uh the church what's the other one i'm pulling it up so i i just named six of them and maybe entertainment was two uh family religion education media entertainment business and government so media and entertainment are two separate ones yes which again okay. i think that's just i mean it sounds like you just chop it up in two so my understanding is that the
my understanding is that the what they're good at, every believer should figure out what they're good at and own that space and climb that mountain. Now, the seven mountain mandate might have come from a bad place. It might have uh, might not be super airtight because, like I said, entertainment and media are kind of the same thing. Uh, so I, I'm not sure how you differentiate between. Oh, I, I get. I think like sports differentiating factor because you're not really in media if you're in sports. Although that's less true than it used to be. So that in and of itself uh, isn't anti-biblical. It might not be in. It might be extra biblical, but it's not anti-biblical. It, it might be helpful, it might be unhelpful, but I don't think it's antithetical to the gospel to say that people should figure out what they're good at and own that space. All people mean by seven mountain stuff, then that's biblical. If, you know, I and I think, you know, uh, the Bill Johnson crowd is a lot more intricate than that. But the, if that's all that Christian nationalism resembles, that Christians in politics should do politics biblically, that Christians should start entertainment circles uh, to compete with Hollywood. Yeah, or, I mean, where the it should be noted that we're Bill Johnson and his Christians should start media companies to get that's unbiblical. Now, Bill Johnson, his strategy is we're just going to slap a Christian label on things. Well, it's so just... we're going to have a school of coding, the Bethel School of Coding. Uh, with Bill Johnson, he does basically believe that the Seven Mountains mandate can bring about the second coming of Christ. So I think that is an important distinction. Okay. So there, it's it is eschatol eschatology in nature, or eschatol eschatological. So that's one thing. Okay, so it is eschatological. But I mean, obviously, if you use it as more of an idea or springboard, I mean, again, there's a difference between using it as a mission statement versus just as a springboard because again i could just argue you can so there's a starting point in the theology but there's an ending point in that theology that doesn't necessitate that the starting point doesn't necessitate that you have to go to yeah but i mean if you really wanted to you can make it five mountains or i mean again seven's a biblical number so they yeah and it's also mountains of rome so there's more seven. symbolism so so that's kind of my thing. Like people throw the seven mountains thing to kind of discredit Christian nationalism, but it's like the seven, like the seven mountains part, you know, the first step in that idea isn't bad. If you're trying to use that idea for a post-millennial eschatology, then you're, then you're wrong. I just think you're wrong. I think I'm not a post-mill guy. I mean, it's uh, more, so as long as you keep it more in a sociological lane, that's fine. I don't, again, it's not my thing. But yeah, Christians build. I, I don't think it's uh, wholly unbiblical in a limited use capacity, so to speak. But there's probably a, a more biblically airtight way to word it that doesn't that Bill Johnson uh, that that's better than what Bill Johnson could do. So those are my thoughts on Seven Mountain. Uh, again, my understanding of it may be limited, but if we're just saying, hey, these are the seven mountains that Christians should dominate, I don't see that that in and of itself. is a false gospel like uh, these people are trying to make it out to be. 
So it is a platform, but a solid platform takes time to grow. To have any lasting value, several years of consistent, sustained ministry, it must be built upon a solid upon solid content, quality material, tested character of the builder. That builder was will most certainly come under fire from critics. He has expected he has to expect criticism, and it is lazy to dismiss all pushback, bad faith arguments, memes. Uh took a lot of effort <laughs> so that that's those are my thoughts so. i mean i mean you're talking about having these arguments on twitter so i think that's one of the problems that they have is you're trying to say that if you just respond with bad faith arguments or he's basically saying hey you guys are dismissing our arguments with memes and claiming that they're in bad faith so you uh, you froze. Response to this. And I, I want to go through that response. Let me actually get a response. And I, this response got a lot of traction. I said, half the people that you mentioned use John MacArthur's platform to build their own brand. Joel Webin built his own brand with no astroturfing. Let's be real. This is really about not following the proper channels. I mean, it should also be noted that joel webin so that was my uh boom hot take well joel webin uh, left but he left uh, a brand that he could have rode he did because he was but, axe 29 so he left okay him. but how big was he in axe 29 probably not that big but still was he just a follower in the ranks or was he actually writing articles on their website or but something he, i'm saying he could have rode that platform yeah he could have but he didn't so, so that is to his credit. So it's like, so let me go through these. I'm going to go through these names. So let's just fact check me. So let's start out with Fred Butler. He did he, is he connected with John MacArthur's brand? Yes. And uh, stand a text. I'm going to say that th that's a no from that. Or sorry, let's start with uh, G3. Is that? Did they ride John MacArthur's brand? Yes. That's an undoubted yes. And all, all the people, you know, a lot of the main figures affiliated with that text, I'm going to say that's a no. Justin Peters, I'm also going to say that's a no. So that I would take out these two ministries, which is kind of ministries. I'm going to say this one's a no as well. And then this one's a yes. Grace you obviously, is a John MacArthur brand. Uh, Alpha and Omega is not, neither are the Justin Peters ministries. And then uh, Answers in Genesis, I don't think that's a G3 affiliated ministry, yeah. if we're being honest. Yeah, I mean, Ken Ham's been around. Uh, Daryl Harrelson and Virgil, that's a John MacArthur uh, astroturfing, so to speak. Uh, and that, that's the end of the names that he lists. So one, two, uh, G three is a lot more than one name and four and one, two, three, four, five, six. I mean, G three is a lot. And then G three is a lot more Fred Butler, obviously. So a lot of the names he listed clearly, 
built their brands off of John MacArthur's brand. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I really think that that's what this is about. So when all these people are jockeying for position because um, they're morbidly trying to be the top dog once the crown passes, they want to be the successor. They want to be the crown prince, so to speak. The crown Christian prince. They're jockeying for power. And then you have people like Joel Webin. Uh, John Harris would also be in this category. Uh, these people who make me or who make memes, they are circumventing the big Eva infrastructure that is in the John MacArthur camp. They're not rising through the ranks of G3. Like Nathaniel Jolly. And maybe that's why Nathaniel Jolly is really angry these days is because He's going through G3 to and GT, GTY to build his brand, to grow his uh, amplified voice, to build his online ministry. And all these other people are not doing that. They're doing it on their own. I mean, it does go down to how much opportunity cost has the people at G3 and Nathaniel Jolly. How much opportunity cost is there in him going after Joel Webin when he could be trying to just do his own ministry? I mean, how how much hours is he putting into writing these articles? Do what? You, oh, you, do his own ministry and do so his, it, his own mission. Like, instead, but, you're wasting a lot of your time and resources with infighting when you could just be doing your own thing. I mean, Joel Webin wrote a book, wrote a book. He published his book. So he's been doing that. And again, if you don't agree with his approach, that's fine. I mean, I have quibbles with uh, fight, not flight. But like, again, I appreciate what he's bringing to the table as far as a conversation. Have you read the book? No. You did not but read I understand. The book. No. Okay. I'm I'm thinking about getting the book, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. Uh, there's a Russell Moore book as well, which I might do a review on one of these days. So, and then there's my own book that will eventually be coming out. I'm just terrible at the whole uh, post uh, editing process. So we're going to get to that uh, soon enough. And then I need to actually go. Um, that, that was use just Jolly point. as your promo code. Uh, maybe I'll use Jolly or no, I'll use Michael O'Fallon because he hates me. <laughs> uh, so uh, anyway, uh, let's go back to the bookmarks because let's actually let's talk about Rome for a second. Let's talk about uh, Michael O'Fallon, who's definitely a big Eva guy. He you know, has been doing cruise ships and stuff like that of directors and he had to resign. And I think, you know, I think it's one of those situations where. Uh, he was not going to last longer. This happens in the business world all the time where you quit to avoid being fired. I think it's one of those types of situations. Now, I don't think it was all the, I don't think it was the same situation for each of the uh, ministries that he resigned from, but I do think it was that for G3 because he was causing some issues. Uh, he tweeted this out. While the Chiro has been used for various reasons in Roman Catholic history, 
It was the sign that Constantine and his troops had seen before battle. It is used today by integralists like the Josias and also by Josh Abatoy of New Founding and the Amer an American Reformer. Uh, so he name drops uh, two uh, brothers in Christ. There's Josh Abatoy and Nick Fisher who uh, are behind uh, New Founding and stuff like that. So I got some issues. So now we're going to talk about Rome. And I got some issues. Uh, if I believe, if I'm correct, the cross is what Constantine saw in the vision or the dream. He saw the cross. And then, and they painted the Chi Ro on the shields. And they won the Battle of Milvian Bridge. Very important battle in history. Milvian Bridge. Um, so, not super caught up on. Uh, I haven't watched a documentary on Milvian Bridge in a while. So, um, with that said, I got to say that this is a funny instance of friendly fire because the Chi Rose symbol is also the symbol of or the logo of Pirate Christian Radio. Chris Rowe is very anti Christian nationalist. He thinks we're all racist. So I think it's a little bit of a funny instance of friendly fire. But nonetheless, uh, there's also the continued straw man that Christian nationalism is Roman Catholic integralism, which is not true at all. Like these are completely different ideologies. Uh, Christian nationalism doesn't require a specific type of government. The thing is that it requires a civil magistrate government to be submitted to the Roman Catholic Pope. So that's my understanding of Roman integralism. Like it has to be submitted to the Pope. Correct me if I'm wrong in the chat or Anthony, if you're familiar. Uh, I mean, that's always been the, the fear. I mean, that was certainly the fear in like the colonial times. It's a, that too many Catholics would be loyal to the Pope, not to the people, I guess, or the populace. Yeah, not to the... So, uh, that, that I, I think this was the uh, nonsensical player-hating uh, tweet by Michael O'Fallon. Uh, it got dunked on a lot. Uh, someone said, you know, have you cons considered the uh, Jerusalem cross, which is the cross behind me is called the Jerusalem cross. It was championed by the crusaders of the prince crusade the first crusade that is uh and they conquered the holy land back to the uh eastern uh, romans because the eastern romans kind of betrayed them <laughs> so a lot of interesting history surrounding the aids um and he got ratioed for this i believe uh so Good day for good day for uh Michael O'Fallon. I still don't even understand what's wrong with using the Chibro other than that it's old and nostalgic, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't get what's wrong with that either. I mean, so I think that's all of the tweets that I wanted to share tonight. Uh but one of the 
questions that needs to be asked and you know who's our front runner for player hater of the year is it nathaniel jolly i think he might deserve it or is it like scott annual or josh bice or virgil walker or fred butler or michael o'fallon who's kind of on the nomination for multiple awards that'll be a fun award show at the end of the year uh and I think Nathaniel Jolly is a current front runner. I will put it to the subscribers to evangelicaldarkweb.org. If you are a uh, Patreon-like subscriber at evangelicaldarkweb.org, I'm going to put out a poll. And you guys have the honor of doing the uh, vote on that. So there's your uh, incentive to subscribe. So uh, anyway, I think that kind of says g3 platforming pro gay atheist james Lindsay. thumbs down thumbs down and yeah they they were pretty instrumental in using him and you know what's ironic is that they're still getting labeled christian nationalist uh even michael o'fallon is still being labeled a christian nationalist by uh people like russell moore He's also, You're never going to escape the label, so you might as he's well. He's also a fundamentalist. Yeah, also, uh, yeah, James Lindsay. Uh, yeah, again, he's not actually anti woke, which is the ironic thing. He's just woke from, you know, tw uh, ten years ago, maybe uh, ten to thirty years ago. That that's his level of wokeness. Uh, he doesn't believe in uh, gender as a binary, a fixed binary. So he's woke on gender or he believes that gender and sex are you know, at all, uh, not prior to the advent of gender, gender ideology. Then uh, uh, Pastor Michael Grant says, definitely think RR, right response, uh, CTM, conversations that matter. And AD Robles are on the right side of this fight. I agree. And I'm definitely on that uh, side with them because I think they're looking more forward to the future. I don't think they're as concerned with jockeying for position. I think they're actually a lot more collaborative. That's why I like, you know, here's the thing about the sermon ministries. We are very collaborative with one another, even though we're direct competitors. Look at Protestia. They are like five to 10 times my size on, on the website angle, not on YouTube, but on internet websites and even social media, like Twitter and stuff and Facebook. They're like ten times, five to ten times our size, but we work together. We're friends in in this fight. Collaborative, uh, uh, and that's what I like about this. It's very collaborative. Uh, people like John Harris, very collaborative. They don't they they don't view people as threats because they're direct competitors. They actually view them as natural allies, and. Part of the point that uh, I, I can't remember whether it was Joel Webin or Rhett Koppel's tweet that made the point that we should be natural allies and that the other side is leading people to hell. And over something that's a non-essential issue. It also should be noted since like masculinity is a huge thing now 
and like you know and virgil walker will like i mean i've heard him talk about like andrew tate and you know the rise of andrew tate the rise of the manosphere and obviously we did the live stream and if the church you know if the church wants to keep infighting against the christian nationalist types the because M- michael foster i think has a book on the subject i think again several of these people have books and several of these people are trying to be the generation that leads up strong strong young men and you got g3 basically saying don't do that and then we're going to ask ourselves in a couple of years where are the men where are, where are the strong men that we need in this society to fix it it's just like well it's you're basically you know striking at them for trying to do something or you're telling them only be pastors so I think that, I think there's some of that as well. So I don't I don't think that's a recipe for winning. So uh, if we're ready to move on, uh, if you have comments in the chat, feel free to mention them. I, I do want to touch on some other happenings in Christian news, uh, some happenings that we haven't done videos on or podcasts on. So I, so I think they're still worth talking about, and. One of the things was the street preacher arrested for uh, preaching outside of a drag show. I didn't do a video on this because I didn't really have the exclusive uh, stuff to do a video on it. Like uh, Ben Zizloff, uh, he's a good guy, an ally in this fight. He was the Daily Wire reporter that wrote about The Chosen, and then The Chosen dunked on him. Jeremy Boring dunked on him. And then he left and got a new gig at the, uh, the Sentinel. and he's just crushing it over there like that website had smaller traffic than him i don't know how they had the money to do that unless they had some investors um and he's gonna take it somewhere i think so uh we had that this was a uh, an event in uh watertown wisconsin where some young christians were stepping up they were uh, at a protest against the transvestite pedophiles who are performing in front of children. And they're so, and then they got arrested because the police would rather defend that than uh, condemn the, they would rather arrest Christians and defend degenerate behavior than enforce laws against lewd acts in front of minors. So I think that's uh, a story we should touch up on. You have any comments on this story, or I mean, it's very similar to the one that happened in Pennsylvania. That, and again, the cops. Uh, it's cut similar to bit. the one that happened in Pennsylvania, where the cops were basically just defending more degeneracy rather than actually either a defending the rights of the people or b stopping the pedophilia from happening. And then at the movie's church services, I wrote an article last night just calling it totally unbiblical. And Protestia has done most of the reporting on this, but they haven't done any video content on this compilation video. I'm going to do a compilation video of like the cringe fest going on at these churches and uh, hopefully make it funny and snarky and all that other stuff to point people to... Uh, hopefully point people to the fact that this is wrong, try to 
shame people into leaving a mega church for a more biblical church is uh, the goal that I think I have in mind because the people in these churches, I assume that these people go into these churches like life.church and I always call it life.church because they always spell it life.church. Um, so that's why we pronounce the dot because they always have the dot. So life.church, if you're going to life.church, I shouldn't assume that you're a Christian. And I end the article by saying the mega church at the, at the movie's liturgical calendar event is ear tickling cringe that that that's kind of the uh, thought process is this this whole trend needs to be shamed out of existence now i don't know i don't think shaming it will work but we can shame their numbers we can shame we can't really shame the churches i think they're beyond correction but we can shame the people because i have more hope for them than yeah. false teachers. I mean, I will say I didn't realize how common this particular theme was. Like you, you expected of the Church of the Glades in Florida, or even like a Mike Todd to do these kinds of eccentric stunts. Uh, I believe Life Church is the church that started the whole at the movies trend. So they started it. A, a lot of churches do what Craig Rochelle does. So whatever Craig Rochelle is doing, they're going to do. So I, I, I mean, he has the Bible app. The version Bible app. And the last thing I wanted to talk about was Steve Dace gave my article on Seacoast Church. Uh, he he posted that article. And I got to say thank you for doing that. Uh, really appreciate the traffic we're getting out of that. For sure. We're having some pretty good days after some not very... Yeah, busy days on the website. You didn't, get, you didn't get anything on Facebook. No, actually, not true. Really? Um, Facebook had about five times the traffic that Gab gave us. And then Twitter had the most. So I was going to say that that post looked like it was shadow banned. I mean, he does. Look so like he posted the link on all the socials, Twitter. He did. So, yeah, you said that he looks like he's shadow banned on Facebook. He is absolutely and, shadow banned on Facebook. And yeah, that's probably true. But despite that, he's it still gave us some traffic, um, all things considered. Twitter gave us the most because he started last night and he was getting a lot of engagement because he was dealing with Rudy Giuliani and stuff like that. So I got to give Steve Davis a shout out for that, for promoting my article. It's good to have big names promote my stuff, um, especially article to impact the presidential election um, and to hurt Tim Scott's campaign. I'm going to be real that I want that guy's campaign to fail. I think it's very creepy that a 50 year old plus Senator is unmarried, unmarried and claims to be like, you know, and speaks evangelical and stuff like that. It's like, you don't, you're not living the base trad life. You're not, Frankly, you're not a you're not very Black Lives Matter I mean, as a, a senator, and you go to a gay, a partially gay affirming church. I think this should sink this. I want this to sink his chances in Iowa specifically. There's a reason uh, I call him Token Tim because he's the embodiment of Republican tokenism. 
Exactly. And you see a lot of that in Big Eva. Like, why is Brandon Watson Benjamin being promoted? The dude is a same thing with Tony Junji. I think there's a little bit more to Tony Junji. Tony Dungy at Not least was a was a was at least a leader of men. So he has something. I mean, being a, a, a tight end in the NFL, okay. You're in the NFL and then the, the skin color thing, like that's really why uh, Benjamin Watson's promoted. I wrote that article in part to hurt uh, Tim Scott's campaign. I also did it to expose Seacoast Church as well because, again, very prominent mega church and the search engine optimization i think was what helped that article a lot that article did all right on its first day but has since you know taken off so very big uh big update on that front uh maybe i'll get featured on the maybe the article will get featured in the show because again i don't really care how many people some degree more is who reads it you know, you, you want to be read by people who uh, are, first of all, your target audience and the people that can impact more people, so to speak. So G3, very influential because pastors read them. Or the Gospel Coalition. Why is the Gospel Coalition so influential? Do they write articles that are useful for common people? No, but pastors read the Gospel Coalition. So, therefore, they're far more important than you realize. So, uh, those are just my thoughts. Uh, any other uh, final questions in the chat? Or, uh, Anthony, if you have anything else to say? No, no, no. Pretty much touched it. And hoping the Wisconsin uh, people get some money out of it. Uh, yeah, and what about money? Hopefully they get some money out of this uh, arrest. Uh, oh, yeah, against the city in Wisconsin. Like, I, I certainly hope they do as well. So it definitely seems like that's kind of everything that we came here to talk about. So otherwise, I do want to let you know uh, you can support Evangelical Dark Web at evangelicaldarkweb.org slash join. That's our Patreon-like system. And it's like Patreon. I'm going to be doing a poll on player hater of the year so far uh, for this page, uh, the Patreon like supporters. We don't use Patreon because they censor people. So we built our own um, and we'd appreciate your support. We have an upcoming book that we're going to be releasing, hopefully in the fall. I know I wanted it out in the spring and then summer's already passed, but we're going to get it out. And then we got some upcoming live streams that are pretty exciting. We got Steve. Wolf on next week. Uh, so we're going to talk his book, The Case for Christian Nationalism. We're also going to talk controversy review, uh, hopefully. And we have a live stream at the end of the month, which should focus on politics and the uh, first debate for the Republican primary. And then we'll see what we're doing in between there on the 17th. So we got plans for days. I'm going to check on the Rumble sphere. I don't think we have any live chat on Rumble. 
Uh, and I guess that's it. Uh, have a blessed one.